0: to Sam Talks Telehealth. And in this episode, this is actually part two in the series of what's your digital health strategy. So, Part two, we're really going to dig into, if you're a private practice, an FQHC, how do you look at a digital health strategy? Again, this is part two of a series, and let's talk about what does that mean when I say a digital health strategy? This has been one of the most common questions, I'd say, in the last six months now that um, people have gotten more comfortable with telemedicine. Depending on where you are in the country, of course, there's different surges continuing to happen at the time of this recording with the pandemic pandemic, but people have had enough access and usage of telehealth that they're really looking at themselves and saying, what's my digital health strategy? What's my virtual care strategy? What's my telehealth strategy? And when my clients come to me and ask me that, I always look at actually this way, what is your clinical strategy and how can digital health help you achieve that? And so the question really is more about What's my clinical strategy? And then ask yourself, what tools in digital health, virtual care, telemedicine can help me achieve that? And the reason is, is that as I've said, always I talk about on the show and, you know, with my clients is that telehealth is just a tool to deliver clinical care. It's not a unique and distinct clinical service. And so really, when we look at what's my digital health strategy, let's again, let's work backwards what's my clinical strategy, what are my overall goals, and how does digital health achieve them? So for today, let's dig in again. We're looking at private practices, FQHCs. So I think some common, common strategies I see oftentimes within these types of organizations is one would be, um, how do I decrease no-shows? Number two, how do I integrate behavioral health? Okay, so let's start with the idea of the no-shows. Nobody wants no-shows. It doesn't matter if you're a tiny solo practice or you're a primary care practice that has 15 offices and you're a large primary care provider. If you're an FQHC, it doesn't matter if you're a rural health center. We all want less no-shows. And so when I think about that, what I think about is how do I use digital tools? virtual care to reduce my no-shows. And in that case, I would instantly then say to you, okay, let's break it down. Do we have things like texting? Do we text reminder people? Now you might be thinking, yeah, but isn't that part of your EMR? Is this really a digital health tool? Yeah, I think five years from now, if you're not um, doing text in more ways, again, you're going to be a dinosaur. So I look at it in the whole myriad of what is digital health tools, what's virtual care, Text is absolutely part of it because you can do direct clinical care through text also. In this context, I'm talking about how do I reduce no-shows? What digital tools can help me reduce no-shows? Well, you can text people reminders. That's going to help you reduce it. And then depending on your population, you might have different reason for no-shows. You could be a busy working parent. You could be a single mom. You could be someone who needs to take public transportation. You could be someone who has to drive three hours. Well, all of these things are going to increase your risk likelihood of a no-show. And so in that case, I'd be looking at my target populations, target patient groups, and saying, should I be offering them telehealth services? And that telehealth service can be video visits, phone visits, they can be e-visits, email algorithms. But when we think about no-shows, I'd be looking at either who no-shows a lot, what kind of appointments do they no-show a lot for, or are there certain types? Again, is it um, busy people? Is it um, peds visit? Like, what are they? Because we always see trends throughout. And then I would look at those specific things and I would work backwards saying, how are my digital health tools reach those patients where they are? Because obviously part of my no-show problem is they gotta get to me. So I can use video, I can use phone, I can use email, I can potentially use text, again, depends on what the context is, but oftentimes there's many, many more things we can do through remote care, and that's gonna decrease your no-shows. Now, again, the other thing is, is just what I said is simple reminders text reminders. That's modern technology everybody an email reminder Maybe I see it. Maybe it don't maybe I gave you my like junk email You know how you always have that like one junk where all the spam goes to maybe that's actually what I gave to my doctor's office so you're emailing me there to remind me and I'm like I never see it But this thing this thing that we're all addicted to is attached to me And So a text reminder is gonna be really really beneficial. So I want you to think about it that way. All right, That is, how do I reduce no-show? That's my strategy. And I just gave you multiple, multiple digital health tools that will help you solve that. So when I think about what's my digital health strategy, my digital health strategy is whatever will help me meet my overall organizational goals, because that's what's going to actually make the difference in meeting my overall strategy. Not a separate and distinct kind of thing. So when Ever I work with my clients, get brought in to talk about things. I'm always asking a question. What is your strategy? What's your clinical strategy? Now let's work backwards to find the tools that are going to be able to help you do that. Okay. Next one was how do I integrate behavioral health? Now. If you're in FQHC, a rural health center, you may have behavioral health department. You might already have integrated behavioral health or some version of integrated behavioral health. And same, large primary care practices might already have that uh, in their practice, or they might have it separately. So let's talk about it in the different ways. If you have if you have behavioral health already integrated in your practice then again i'd be looking at it as are there different kinds of things i need do i have let's say i'm a big primary care network i have 15 primary care offices or for that matter Two primary care offices. Really, <laughs> scale is, doesn't matter as much. But the likelihood is I don't have a behaviorist everywhere I need them for every single patient. And so what I can actually do is to increase my integrated behavioral health. If I even just have two offices, that means I do not have a behaviorist in every location. If those, if there's lots of you out there watching who have that and listening, well, you are a unicorn and you are very lucky. But most of the time, people have a behaviorist who rotates around. And so here's a great opportunity to use digital health tools. And if it's especially practice to practice, I'm always going to lean you towards video because the connection, for those of you who listen to this, you have a slightly different experience than those of you who watch me and all my hand motions on my you know, facial. So there is a difference in that experience. And in behavioral health, if we can include video, that really can have a connection that matters, of course, when the appropriate bandwidth or Wi-Fi is available for video. So integrated behavior Behavioral health, I can use video to connect my behaviorists who might be in one location to my patient in this location. If for some reason I have psychiatric oversight, well, I'm there's no way I'm going to have a psychiatrist everywhere I need them. So, in that case, I can absolutely work with a psychiatrist remotely. And we actually see in the um, collaborative care model, the behavioral collaborative care model, that model is actually where you um, consult with a psychiatrist, but never when a patient is present. It's more of an idea of the psychiatrist reviews the cases with you, gives recommendations, talks to the behaviorist. So again, that's a digital strategy because you are working with the psychiatrist remotely to review all these cases so you can work through your caseload. Another way you can integrate behavioral health, let's talk about it in the, in the context of even handoffs. So, um, obviously the ideal is a warm handoff. And when we think of a warm handoff, we really think of that as like, I walked you down the hallway and I gave you to this person. And hey, if we can do that, wonderful, let's do it. If we can't, we can actually have a virtual worm handoff. We can ensure that we get on a three-way video call, three-way phone call, introduce that person. You may have a designated telebehavioral behavioral person, which means they're available for those kinds of handoffs. I really want you always going back to how I do this in person, and then we're just layering these digital tools on top. Another way we can integrate behavioral health into our primary care practices is we know, we know for sure, lots of people in primary care are in various um, psychotropic meds, mood stabilizers, things of that nature, right? And they may not have, we're not talking major mental illness like depression, bipolar, clinical depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, but we're talking, you know, our average depressed, um, anxiety, these kinds of things. We've got these mood stabilizers. We want to make sure we're checking on that patient on a regular basis. And normally we do through asking them to come in. We talk to them. Maybe we give them PHQ2, right? Depression screen, anxiety screen. As long as everything's good, renew the meds, send them on their way. But in the idea space, we're seeing them every three to four months. I think that's the right Uh, quality metric interval. Anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, of course. Uh, But here in this context, which you can actually do to have this more integrated idea, is if you have stable patients who are within that behavioral realm and they're stable and you've been seeing them in primary care adjusting their meds, you could actually use an e-visit. So in that case, you would be using your PHQ-2 that can accelerate to a PHQ-9. You'd be using your GAD, your anxiety scale, with other question sets where you could actually have automated in your EMR that you're actually asking the patients how they are doing on the same frequency that you would have been asking them to come in person. And so as long as everything's stable, you can go ahead and renew their meds. And so that's a different kind of integration. It's not what we think so much in terms of their standing next to me, but the reality is you're integrating a service that is really great and convenient for the patients. You then have a process where then that questionnaire comes back. It can be vetted through your in-basket. Messaging and then, of course, making sure the patient's stable and okay. If for some reason something has accelerated on their scores and scales, you would obviously offer them a video visit or a telephone call to find out status and what what they're doing and how they're doing. So I think those are some great ways. Just again, we wanted simple things to understand if you're a private practice, FQHC, rural health center, and a lot of common things we see for strategy is wanting to solve decrease in no-shows integrating behavioral health. In the integrating behavioral health, you could also have a digital strategy of having an external partner. So if you don't have behaviorists in-house, you don't have psychiatry, you don't have a behavioral collaborative care model, those are things you can contract with other people and contract that remotely. And there's lots of those kinds of services. So we don't always have to be the only created ourselves, we can actually contract with other people. Now, if you didn't hit uh, the first uh, session in this series, because we talked in that context, more so for health systems, but if you're a private practice neurology, we actually talked about outpatient neurology in part one. If you're a surgical center or a surgeon of any kind, obviously a lot of urologists are out on their own. We have different surgery centers. Again, in that case, we talked about reduction of uh, surgical site infections and gave a lot of different ways you can have digital, digital tools to serve that. So if those are areas, if you're listening, you're like, oh, wait, I'm neuro, it's doesn't apply to me. Go back and listen to the hospital one because there's a lot of stuff that relates to neurology outpatient practices. And for any surgeons, you can go and listen to the SSI ideas. So with that, if you're enjoying this, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Be a part of this. We always welcome comments. I'm always, you know, you can DM me on Twitter and on social. I'm at SamAMLip. So be sure to let us know. Give us a thumbs up. Follow us. And I'm really excited to see you back on the next episode of Sam Talks Telehealth.